to Business Brief, Missouri Business Alert's podcast focused on the business news and issues shaping the state. In this episode, we'll hear about roadblocks cannabis business owners could face if marijuana is fully legalized in Missouri. Then we'll take a look at mental health advocacy in the construction industry. My name is Siggy Reese, and I'm joined by my co-host, Teddy Mayorka. Teddy, how are you doing this week? Siggy, I am doing well. I, uh, I'm very excited for the World Series matchup. We have uh, really been in, in for a wild, wild championship series. I know, it's been crazy. Um, despite me being from Houston, I am not a fan of the Astros. Yeah, I, uh, I can say the same. Definitely, you know, a hometown Chicago boy myself, but I'll be pulling for Philly in this one. Absolutely. You ready to get in this week's headlines? Let's do it. The Federal Reserve Bank increased interest rates by three-quarters of a percentage point on Wednesday. It's the fourth consecutive time the central bank has raised rates by that amount. The cost of borrowing is now at its highest level since 2008. Officials have high hopes that future increases will be smaller, but Fed Chair Jerome Powell made it clear that rate increases will likely continue into 2023. Two of the four largest domestic airlines are navigating labor negotiations this week. United Airlines pilots rejected a potential contract that would have given them nearly 15% raises. A large majority of the nearly 100,000 pilots who voted were against the contract, according to their union. This outcome was expected, and both parties are currently working on a new agreement, according to a United spokesperson. The rejection comes one day after Delta pilots voted to authorize a strike due to lack of a new contract. The vote doesn't mean a strike is imminent, but a work stoppage is possible if contract negotiations falter. And Oracle is shuttering two Cerner facilities in the Kansas City area, including Cerner's former world headquarters. Oracle plans to move employees to its nearby Innovations campus. Oracle, a Texas-based software company, acquired Cerner earlier this year. Cerner, a healthcare IT company, was the largest private employer in the Kansas City area. The closures aim to give workers more workplace flexibility and help Cerner use its remaining Innovations campus, according to a company email to employees. Equipment share is expanding in mid-Missouri. The Columbia-based construction technology company announced plans to invest nearly $100 million and add more than 500 jobs. Boone County officials approved a tax break for the project. Equipment shares abatement is set to last 10 years and will apply to 75% of both real and personal property taxes for its development. And finally, St. Louis developers are planning to build a $300 million entertainment district at Lake of the Ozarks. The developers submitted plans to the city of Osage Beach for the potential attraction, called Oasis at Lakeport. The development would serve as a year-round tourist attraction, complete with hotels, restaurants, an amphitheater, a marina and boardwalk, and amusement park rides. For our next story, we'll take a look at some roadblocks that could stand in the way of would-be cannabis business owners if marijuana is fully legalized in Missouri during next week's election. Yes, we do. I sat down with Missouri Business Alert reporter Dan Micah to discuss why credit laws could slow the growth of the marijuana industry in Missouri. He walks us through why banks may be hesitant to provide loans for cannabis businesses. Here's that story. To get us started off here, tell me, what's the state of play for financing new dispensaries in Missouri should Amendment 3 pass? So it really is all about cash that you either have on hand or cash that you can receive from an angel investor or a partner or from family members. The idea that a lot of people have, I think, about starting a new business is that you get up, you put on a suit or you know some nice clothing, and you go to the bank and you apply for a loan. But because cannabis is a Schedule One drug at the federal level, 
um, it doesn't matter if if Amendment Three passes and marijuana gets legalized within the borders of Missouri. You can't. Uh, most banking institutions, other than a very small group, will lend you money simply because there are so many regulatory risks there that it's just too much of it's just too much of a, a headache for them to deal with. So right now, if you are interested in opening up uh, a, a dispensary and you think that Amendment Three is going to pass. Really, you need to have cash on hand, or you need to know someone who's willing to give you the cash. Um, there's just, you know, because we are in this gray area, and because other states are in this gray area, um, again, it, you just don't have access to the banking uh, sector and the financial markets as a whole to help fund your your enterprise. So, how many banks are going to offer these loans and services to marijuana businesses then? The president of the uh, Missouri Banking Association told me that you can count on literally on one hand. Um, so, you know, less than five. Uh, these are probably smaller credit unions that um, are, are uh, in local banks that uh, are just either specifically focused on cannabis or have the leeway to really open up on this. But, you know, we're not talking about, you know, like a Chase or a City or a Bank of America, you know, like one of the, the big nationwide banks. Uh, we're talking about very small institutions here that would be willing to take on that that risk of of, of regulation and oversight if you wanted to, to borrow money from them. It sounds like a like a really labor intensive and even as you pointed out risky process to be working with marijuana businesses. So how could this affect the growth of the industry in the state? I think that depends on who you ask. If you ask the Amendment Three backers. They'll say that there's already a precedent for people who went out and uh, formed uh, smaller independent uh, medical dispensaries going out and finding silent partners or having friends and family that are willing to help them front the money. Um, and they and the estimate right now is usually it takes about a million dollars to uh, of cash in order to do things like buy a property. Um, buy startup product if you're uh, if you're starting a growing operation to buy the irrigation systems and everything that you need to keep a building up to code. Um, so if you happen to have access to that through the private markets and people believe in you that you can turn that around, great. Um, you can do that and you don't have to really deal with the the complications of having that startup financing. Although it becomes kind of a problem with handling all that cash, which is also a problem um, in just, you know, being a business in, in this kind of weird gray legal area. Um, but if you talk to some of, of the Democrats who are in favor of legalizing cannabis but aren't in favor of Amendment 3 because they feel it doesn't go far enough, that becomes an issue of equity. Um, it, it becomes an issue of people who have been harmed the most by the war on drugs having another barrier in being able to receive the money that they need to to create a business and create generational wealth and profit off of what could be a billion-dollar market in a couple of years. Um, and and they argue that this is going to hurt people who want to be mom-and-pop independent operators because they're going to need more time to find backing, to find support, whereas people, whereas the, the companies that are already in the state operating um, as multi-state operators or have the ability to just go from being purely a medical marijuana dispensary to a recreational and medical at the same time, um, will have that advantage, will have that first step, and that will advantage people who already have resources. Um, 
So that becomes a question of, of social justice and economic justice. Well, Dan, thanks for joining us and shedding some light on this incredibly gray area in the cannabis industry in Missouri. My pleasure. As a warning, this upcoming conversation discusses suicide. If you or someone you know is struggling, the United States Suicide and Crisis Hotline can be reached by calling 988. For our next story, Siggy, you talked to someone in the construction industry who is leading the conversations surrounding mental health in the workplace. I spoke to Brandon Anderson, the vice president of safety for the Associated General Contractors of Missouri, about his work as the leader of AGC Mo's Suicide Awareness and Prevention in Construction program. Very interesting. What did you discuss? So we talked about Anderson's involvement with mental health advocacy, as well as his perspective on how to eliminate mental health stigma in the workplace. Here's more of that conversation. Thank you so much for joining me, Brandon. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Great. So tell me about your role and how it relates to mental health advocacy in the construction industry. I think really we we all have a responsibility, whether it's in construction or or in society, to be an advocate for this. Um, As a leader at AGC of Missouri, um, our chapter, you know, we started leading this charge and, and beating the drums, if you will related to mental health and suicide and construction back in late 2018, 2019 is when this kind of started for us prior to my time even working here and being a a member and part of this, this great chapter and organization. So there was a group of folks that became aware of the, of the problem in the industry and said, Hey, we got to do something. We started out with talking about stigma and just kind of breaking down that wall of, the fact that we need to be comfortable being uncomfortable talking about this. We have to share resources. We can't continue to go along with status quo of not asking for help. You presented at an MU Extension webinar hosted a little bit over a month ago. Um, One thing I found particularly interesting were the toolbox talks you mentioned. Tell me about that resource and what it looks like. The idea here is that, you know, you have... You know, you, you bring your crew together, your team, if you will, in the morning for for a couple of, uh, uh, you know, 15 minutes at best, you know, maybe even less. And you have a short conversation about safety awareness and hazards for that day based on the work or maybe it's something generic. So what we've what we started back in uh, 2020, 2021, we worked with mental uh I'm sorry, we worked with Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis and some of our industry partners to develop what we call Mental Health Mondays. So we developed a program of 12 toolbox talks. We're asking that you take one Monday or any day out of the month and talk about something besides the generic hard hats, safety glasses, gloves, tool safety, you know, hand tool safety, all that kind of stuff and have a conversation about mental health and about uh, suicide. For someone who's never had these productive conversations about mental health, um, how do you have those? Walk me through the steps of how to have those conversations. The, the first thing I, I would encourage anyone to do is educate yourself a little bit. What, are, what resources do you have available in your organization um, or and even our community? These toolbox talks are simple enough to where you can just read through it if you don't have a lot of knowledge behind it, you know, yourself personally um, or professionally, that you can just read through one of these and it'll guide you through the conversation. 
if you're really, you know, you really want to step up to the plate, if you will, uh, there's trainings out there. And, and those, those trainings dive in, they, they educate an individual or a group of individuals on, you know, the problem at hand, warning signs and symptoms, and then how to have the conversation, what to say to a person. What is your advice for those who want to change the culture around mental health in their workplace? So that's uh, that's another big question I get quite a bit. Um, you know, it kind of goes along with how do you start, right? And and first, I would just start by again educating yourself on what resources are available. Um, I would find other like-minded people within your organization or company. Uh, I would encourage you to start small, take baby steps into this, uh, and then advertising those those resources you know whether it's flyers and posters or stickers in in your office or on your job site or your building near within your association have a conversation get some other people together um, and then start providing those resources and build from there based on the need so and and you'll be surprised there'll be i've had i've heard you know six months later a few even just a few months later folks come out of the woodwork after a committee started or the first presentation and sharing of information and they're like man all these folks were like hey thanks for talking about this how can i help and it will grow it, it'll be a grassroots effort and it will grow organically thank you so much for uh talking with me today i really appreciate it hey you're welcome i appreciate the opportunity it is now time for us to get into our words of the week teddy what word do you have for us this week this week, Siggy, my word is caca. Okay, and what exactly are you referring to? Well, St. Louis will once again be home to the Battlehawks, an XFL football team. The Battlehawks last competed for St. Louis in 2020, but have since been inactive due to the pandemic. Okay, interesting. And what does that mean for St. Louis? St. Louis will host Battlehawks home games at the Dome at America's Center. Season ticket deposits are already being accepted. In 2020, XFL home games at the Dome saw crowds of nearly 30,000, so it'll be interesting to see if this trend continues for the new version of the league. Got it. So when does the season begin? The new XFL season starts February 18th, but the draft will be held this month. That's all I've got this week. What's your word, Siggy? This week, my word is, are you ready for it? Eras. Okay. Could you be referring to pop artist Taylor Swift? Yes, I am. Taylor Swift announced her Eras World Tour Tuesday, marking her return to touring for the first time since 2018. The tour will begin in March 2023 and run through August. That's nice, but you gotta tell me, why are we talking about this on here? Well, Swift is a popular artist who has not toured in a number of years and has released six albums since her last tour. This means the demand for tickets is higher than usual. Many fans who registered for a ticket presale program waited in a queue for hours on Tuesday. The verified presale program is a way for Ticketmaster to help keep tickets away from bots and deal with the demand the ticket vendor is calling overwhelming. Interesting. So, will Swift be coming to Missouri? Yes, she will. She'll be playing at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City in July, alongside opening acts Muna and Gracie Abrams. Tickets don't go on sale for a couple of weeks, but prices will range between $49 and $449. We'll have to wait and see how demand impacts ticket sales, though. For a closing thought, here's Brandon Anderson on the importance of putting differences aside to advocate for mental health in the workplace. I truly believe that collectively, uh, if we all come together, we put 
we take these logos aside, we take our titles and our names aside, our industry, organization, whatever aside, and we, we lay that down and we actually come to go together collectively and collaboratively and do this, we, we can make a difference. Um, but, we, but we have to put those, our personal egos and, and organizational egos aside in order to be successful. Well, that is all for this week. Thank you to the M33 Project for providing music for this episode. For my co-host, Titty Mallorca, editors Cole Miller, Katie Quinn, Skylar Rossi, and Michael Stacy, I'm Siggy Reese, and this has been Business Brief. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.